Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The Pope and Young Club wants to welcome you as we rally together to ensure our bow hunting opportunities for today and tomorrow. You've come to the podcast that believes in preserving, protecting, and promoting the passion for bow hunting. Join us as we strive to be the voice of today's bow hunter. This is the Pope and Young Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Pope and Young Podcast. This is Jason Roundsville, joined as always by my co-host, Dylan Ray, and we have with us... Special guests, longtime supporters of the Pope and Young Club. Uh, we have Steve and Denise Perrins with us today. Welcome. Hey, good to be here. And for for anyone who might not know, uh, they run the Rainy Pass Lodge up in Alaska, which is um, I know I I first met them. Oh gosh, it's it's been going on five years ago now, and uh, Jack Fro- the Jack Frost introduced us. I believe it was at Dallas Safari Club, and when when Jack Frost gives the review that he gave when I first met you guys, you you that's just something you don't second guess. And everything that I've heard since then has reinforced exactly what he said, which was amazing. So. Um, want to just welcome yeah, you and uh thanks for being here so always good to be here and um jack's been a, a good friend and also a very good promoter for us getting into the the um, archery field in our um, hunting business and uh it's been a good education for us and and a good partnership all around appreciate what you're doing you bet. Now, just Steve, do this for everybody. Just tell us a little about Rainy Pass Lodge. And from what I understand, you're the longest running lodge in Alaska. Is that, do I have that right? 
Yeah, actually, um, Rainy Pass Lodge is the oldest hunting and recreational lodge in the state of Alaska. It was founded in 1937, and it was commemorated in 2012 by the state of Alaska legislature as the oldest hunting lodge in Alaska in its 75th anniversary back then. So we're 80, going on 86 years as a hunting and recreation lodge now um, in the state. We were fortunate to start with the original owners, which was founded by Bud Branham. And I started working with his son, Mike Branham, training me as a guide and uh, met Mike in the fall of 1976, right after I got into Alaska and started my training in Yakutat on brown bears with Mike. And uh, in fact, Mike Branham came back to the lodge this last fall with his wife, Betsy, for the first time in over 40 years that he'd been there. Wow. Um, they sold the lodge you know, around just a couple of years after I came on the scene and someone else owned it for 25 years. And, and um, then we picked it up in 2003. And so we're over 20 years now ourselves. So kind of a neat family reunion with the original owner's son, um, you know, at Rainy Pass this last fall. And I know you have a, a variety of things that you guys do at the lodge. You, you have obviously hunting trips. I mean, world-class hunting trips. Um, also youth camps, summer excursions. What other kinds of things are you doing up there? You know, winter has become a growing business. Um, Double-digit growth in Alaska for winter tourism. So we are now, of course, the famous dog sled race. The Iditarod goes through our front yard the first wow. week of March every year. The Iron Dog Race, which is the longest, toughest snow machine race in the world, goes through um, Rainy Pass in February each year, and they're training through there right now. Um, there's also an ultra sport race that people come through on bicycles and skis and on foot in February um, for the tough, hardy sold folks. And um, summer business is growing. We're doing pack trips now. We just started a new youth pack trip for kids 14 to 18 to do a 10 day excursion through the Alaska range and learn how to, you know, deal with horses and packing and winter and uh, summer camping and um, wildlife viewing, et cetera as well as our summer trips that we do on horseback. And then we bring a helicopter in and take people up into seeing the glaciers and, and bear viewing and other things. So, um, you know, with the economy, the way it is, we've really had to diversify our business into um, other seasonal activities and it's working well. Wow. Our youth, camp, yeah, our youth camp is great because we actually are teaching archery there now with the youth camp. Um, as well as firearm safety and things like that to disadvantaged youth. And um, as you know, through archery in the schools and other programs, it's just a great therapy for young um, boys and girls today. Absolutely. You know, what's funny, Jason, is when you talk to other outfitters and you talk about Pope and Young and they're like, well, you know, who do you work with or what do you do? You know, and, and you mention Steve Perrins and Rainy Pass Lodge and they're like, dude, that's the gold standard in outfitters. Like, yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Like if Steve's Thanks. in, we're in. You know, it's almost that type yeah. of mentality. Like, and so uh, it doesn't take long talking to other outfitters to realize that that Steve comes highly respected in the in the outfitting world. Yes. Uh, yeah. Thanks so much, you guys. You know, I, I think 
a big key to that is we just love what we're doing. It's a family business. And, uh, and when you love what you're doing, you don't go to work. Well, that, you know, although in, in your defense, technically you still have to hop on an airplane to get to work. <laughs> yeah, we do. We, it's just a long, <laughs> long trek. So well, let's, I want to talk about the hunting because you have so many different species that you get to chase up there. Um, you know, for a lot of folks, if you're in the Midwest, it's, you, you're kind of whitetails or bust. Um, you know, some of the other areas have a few more options with bears and whatnot, but, but up there you have, let's see, brown bears, black bears, and then I think you're both sides of the line, so you also have grizzlies. Is that right? Yeah, actually, we're one of the few places that um, technically we we have grizzlies and brown bears. The fish and game categorizes them a lot, but the record book doesn't. And we've got a couple places that technically those bears are shot as a grizzly, um, you know, as well as over the line the other direction, there are brown bears. So a person could, you know in the right area, kill both a grizzly and a brown bear on the same hunt. Wow. Wow. That's cool. And then you have caribou, doll sheep, Yukon moose. Well, I mean, not that there's not yeah. enough there, but is there anything we're missing? Yeah, we do have wolves and wolverine that are, you know, a happenstance, okay. um, you know, an opportunity hunt, but uh, we do have both of those. Um, but the main five species and then adding grizzly to it are one of the unique places where you can get all five animals in the same, you know, locale. Wow. That's, um, now what would you say is, is your, if you had a specialty, what would your specialty be? You know, I'd say our biggest draw lately is our big moose. You know, we've been, um, very fortunate with a good gene pool of, uh, you know, excellent moose, and we kind of hold everybody at a 60-inch or larger spread minimum. So the state allows you 50. We don't. So we grow some pretty big moose, um, and we're booking those moose hunts. We're more than half booked for 2025 already. So it's been a big draw in our combination hunts with moose as a specialty. On the other hand, you know, now we've got brown and grizzly bear there that you know, when I first came there in the late 70s, you had a 30% chance of ever seeing one, and you were allowed to harvest one per hunter every four years. And we're now allowed to harvest two per hunter each year, and it's open year-round. So wow. that's been a good draw as well. Um, our caribou are phenomenal. Um, the population's coming back gradually, but we're in a gene pool again that's excellent. We, uh, we picked up a shed antler several years ago and Jack Frost happened to be at the lodge and saw it and he measured it and he came back and he said, Steve, there's a record book for shed antlers. And he said, I think your caribou's the new world record. Wow. And we said, what? And he said, I'm going to come back out and measure it. And it'd been hanging in our, you know, um, hunter's lodge for a couple of years by then. And he measured it. And it's uh, number two in the world record book of caribou antlers for barren brown caribou and shed. So, um, caribou doing extremely well. Also, we're just, we're blessed to be in a good area with, um, with good critters. Wow. How exciting. And, and what, what a trip to be able to go and see several different species and varieties of animals like that. Yeah. Most hunters are going to see all five species. 
that's going to be your moose, your caribou, your grizzly bear, grizzly browns, black bear, and doll sheep on numerous times during your hunt. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to see a shootable ram the same day they see a big moose, but they're going to see all five species um, numerous times throughout their um, trip and quite often all on the same day. So it just keeps your, your interest peaked and, and know you're in an area where there's, you know, the animals you're hunting are there. That's, that's amazing. That's, I know right now we have the, the giant raffle going on that we're so glad that you're part of. Um, and that's one of the things when you tell people about the raffle, they, they can't believe how huge it is. And they're like, okay, so this, so this, the, the, the rainy pass raffle is for a, a doll sheep, a brown bear, a caribou and a black bear. Is, do, do you think you, and people ask, they're like, is, is there a chance of seeing, even seeing them all? And so now to hear that, that, oh, yeah, you've got a chance of seeing them all, potentially all in the same day. Now, now getting shots, that's a different thing. But just to be in an area that has that kind of diversity is, is something special. You bet. And I, and I always tell people, you know, it, it's hunting. It's not shopping. Um, and your number one enemy in Alaska is weather. So I tell all my prospective clients that, you know, We've had people take all five species on one hunt, and we've had Jeez. people go home empty-handed. That's that's hunting. But to just know that you've got a good chance of seeing all five species in one day at least lets you know you're in an area that's got the critters you're after, and that just, to me, makes it makes it exciting. That's You know, so, some people, if you shoot all five of those species on one hunt, some people would would call that a good hunt. Some people would call that a good decade. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's absolutely true. And, um, you know, it was just two years ago that, um, you know, one of your Pope and young members came up and shot, um, you know, his brown bear. And he happens to be a person that has killed all five in the Pope and young record book. And he improved on his brown bear. He shot it the first day at 17 yards and he improved on his moose and he shot that um, a little later in his hunt, all with a bow, um, you know, that, that's a golden hunt, no matter where you are in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what, I, you know, one of the things that we just started asking just a, a couple of episodes ago, we, we have one, one question we ask everybody, but another question that we just started asking because of this raffle. And so I, I can't wait to hear what you say. Cause, cause one of your hunts is in this thing. So if you if if you were to win this raffle, and man, whoever wins it is going to be on cloud nine until they realize that now they have to pick from four of the the best trips they'll ever have an option at. So, Steve, I want to hear from you, and Denise, I want to hear from you too. You can pick a different one if you want. So, now you have your choice. You're the winner of this raffle. You get to pick between these four. Number one a Yukon moose with McMillan river. Number two is a mountain goat brown bear combo with Peter Barella. Number three is with Mach Weir in Africa is a lion, Cape Buffalo, crocodile, sable, lioness combo. And then the fourth option is a doll sheep, a brown bear 
a caribou and a black bear at Perrin's Rainy Pass Lodge. How do you choose between those four? And what uh, would you, you pick? Know, you know, I know um, three of those um, outfitters personally that you've named, and you have got just a top-notch um, selection. That is going to be a tough one. I think, man, I'd have to put the cards on the wall and throw a dart. I'm telling you, isn't I, I don't know how you would I I feel sorry for who has to pick between those four because there's not a bad trip. They're all just I do trips. hope I do hope whoever wins this is at convention and they say, let's throw some darts. Because oh, yes. that would be awesome. You just oh, gave some inspiration yeah, that, there, Steve. That's for sure. You know, the easiest thing they can do right now is buy a bunch of tickets because the hard work starts when they get their name drawn. I, I truly would. I think I'd have to put the put the names on a wall and throw a dart. That's a that's a, a good selection. Yeah, Denise, which one which one would you do? <laughs> put me on the spot. Um, you know I will too. Well, I would definitely come to my lodge if I didn't own it, but <laughs> I uh, I would probably take the African hunt. <laughs> Yeah, it's I mean there's sure. not a there's not a bad trip on that list and I know you look on it and yeah. it's uh, cuz I think Dylan asked me last time and I, honestly I look at it and that Africa one has a lot of draw cuz it's stuff that you just don't see anywhere else. Right. And then I look at it and I'm like you guys are so friendly that I can't <laughs> imagine not wanting to be in camp at at the Rainy Pass Lodge. I mean, it's just, you know, we've worked together for several years now and, you know, I've become friends and it's just, uh, uh, those would be my top two. I might, I wouldn't have to throw a dart. I might have to get it to those two and then flip a coin. I just, and part of that is because I think you don't have to chase Cape Buffalo in the mountains. I'm not a hundred percent sure I'm a sheep hunter. I hear all the stories about sheep hunting and, and it, some of them don't sound much fun. Horses. We have great horses for horseback hunts, great accommodations and guides. And, of course, the food is outstanding. So. <laughs> <laughs> I know the cook personally. <laughs> yeah, that's so great. No, we are so excited because this is <laughs> is just one of those things where, um, you know, these are we've had some great hunts in the past that we've offered on raffles and, you know, really special hunts, but, but we've never had anything like this and we just really couldn't do it um, without outfitter partners like you guys. And so we appreciate that. We try to encourage if you're looking at a hunt for any of those species, we, we have the top outfitters in the world. We're, we're not looking for second and third tier outfitters we want the the best and we've got them and so if you're looking at any of these animals you owe it to yourself to check it out and you have how do they steve how do they find you if they want to go check out this hunt and and you know get some raffle tickets and learn about it how do what's the best way for them to find you you know best way is to get to our website and we just put up a brand new website uh, launched it here um, actually at Dallas Safari Club a, a week or 10 days ago. So the Perrins, uh, the Perrins com, And just to make it easy, if they just Google Rainy Pass Lodge, it's going to come up. 
and, um, you know, check out our, our schedule of hunts. Um, and then of course, always, uh, can give me a call at our, you know, my cell 907-230-6093. You know, we're travel a lot. We live at our lodge six months of the year. So email and the website is the best way to probably, you know, get hold of us. Um, we're fortunate, you know, as you know, my son, Steve and his wife, Carly are the next generation and, um, grandkids behind them. So Steve and Carly would be taking over more of this, um, you know, as Denise and I try to, you know, relax a little bit more, but we're not ready to go anywhere quick. So, um, they get to deal with the whole family, which is just uh, a big part of our business, the family business. You bet. And it's, um, we'll, we'll check it out. We'll get that link up on the, so if you're watching this via YouTube or video, we'll have that link up on here for you. Um, yeah, so and they also, can go to Pope and Young and buy their ticket. They can go right to our link and, and see what they're going to win. Good. And it's also, we have a hot link in our Outfitters section on our website too. So you can go to the Outfitters page with your Outfitters link, which is on the top of our very first page. Go to uh, Parents Rainy Pass Lodge and there's a hot link directly from there as well. So now you know, they just need to all plan to be in Reno and uh, come out and meet us and um, watch their name get drawn out of that barrel. Oh man, that's that's lit, lit, legitimately a, a dream. That would be a dream to win something like that. That uh, I hope they're there. I mean, you don't have to be present to win, but I really it, it would be neat if somebody was there in the room because I mean, that's, holy smokes, that's sure. Yeah. So tell us about, um, so we talked a little bit about the hunting and now how did you get started with the, the bow hunting? Cause I know you guys take a lot of bow hunters. You're considered among the best at the archery game. How did you get started with that aspect? You know, I met Jack Frost shortly after I came to Alaska and, you know, I was just a a young kid and probably he didn't recall it the way I did, but, you know, he's an icon in the archery world and, and, um, you know, kind of a rock star. And, uh, I met him through a safari club meeting up there, um, or at a dinner or something and kept in touch. When we bought the lodge, you know, three, he'd been tracking us and, um, and he reached out, picked up the phone and called me and said, you know, I'm always looking for an excuse to go flying, Steve. And I understand you got a bunch of horses up there and, and I need an excuse to fly. So how about you bring some horse feed over to my house and, and I'll fly it out to the lodge over the summer. And, you know, we were living on a shoestring back then and, um, needed all the help we could get. And, you know, we like to think we've got, you know, the world-class hunting lodge in Alaska, but it, it took a lot of people over the years to help us get to where we're at. And we don't forget that easily. Jack never asked for anything in return, wouldn't even take gas money from us. And I finally said, Jack, if you don't at least come over and spend a night or, you know, have a meal with us, I just can't keep doing this. And eventually Jack spent a little more time there and um, started introducing us more and more to archery and, you know, gave me some pointers and shooting in his basement in Anchorage and, and taught us a bit more. And then we finally realized, hey, the one way we could give back that Jack would okay with was to donate to Pope and Young and help perpetuate, you know, the sport that he loves so much and believes in. So that's how we got started with Pope and Young. And he got the word out about our, 
facility through that. And, you know, we've just, we've been fortunate to spend a lot of time with some great, uh, great bow hunters ever since. Um, you know, I think last year we had a tough year on moose with winter kill, not winter kill, but winter, um, snow growing antlers a little bit less than we wanted. We had to work a lot harder to get them. And, um, one of our monumental moments was a guy with a recurve shooting a 63 or 64 inch bull at 12 yards wow. for the recurve. And I mean, this is just the picture of this guy standing behind that moose before he got his shot at 12 yards was phenomenal. Huh. You know, I've seen a lot of things over the years hunting wise. And, um, I can tell you that was a, I wasn't the guide on that hunt, but that was a monumental moment for that guy that he'll never forget the rest of his life. And, um, so archery hunt hunting just brings you to a whole cl- closer proximity to your prey and really enjoying and experiencing, you know, the hunt as an overall on the same token, you're going to have opportunities that are missed because you're hunting with a bow. And that's something that, um, you know, they all come knowing and, uh, it just adds to the trip. Yeah. That's the thing. I think when you, when you accept that you're chasing them with a bow and arrow instead of a rifle, I think you inherently just accept the fact that, that you could get close and not get it done. And that's hard for a lot of people. That's hard. If you didn't grow up that way, it's, it's a little bit different. Absolutely. And for any of your listeners, you know, wondering, I mean, we don't restrict you to a bow on this drawing, but, I will tell you that if you bring the rifle, you're probably going to not do what you really want to do, and that's shoot it with a bow. So you've got the options, but this is a great opportunity, you know, for for a bow hunter to be able to get in on, you know, the potential of these big five, you know, North American species. Yeah, that's just so. So here's the other is is we'll just throw this out now if if you don't win the raffle and, and, and before I talk about that, let me just thank you once again, because you are one of the outfitters that when I started, um, you know, I've, I've been in the, the events and auctions game for, for a long, long time. And, uh, when we first started, you know, rainy pass was doing a full Brown bear. I mean, I think it included the taxidermy. I think it was a brown bear, black bear combo included the taxidermy full donation. You guys have been so good to, to the organization and, and helping support bow hunting for a number of years. And I just want to thank you for that. Every time we come to you and say, Hey, can, can we do this? There's always, you're always there to help us find a way to get it done. And that's invaluable to the organization. So thank you so much for that. No, you're welcome. I, I appreciate it. We, you know, I think every outfitter needs to realize that we all have to give back and we got to pick where we give and, and, um, you, you know, we just believe in what Pope and Young's doing. So it's, uh, it's one of our top locations to, you know, to have the opportunity to give back. So thank yeah. you for that. So we are, we're, we're so excited about the raffle that sometimes we, we forget some of the other things we also have. And I'm excited to, cause I think this is the first time we've dropped this. I don't think anybody else knows this is coming to convention. Uh, 
is we have, it's very similar to the raffle hunt with one addition. So the raffle hunt is doll sheep, brown bear, caribou, black bear combo. We have coming up on our auction and will be, will be available on Saturday, the daytime auction. We have a doll sheep, brown bear, black bear, caribou combo hunt that you can also add a moose to for the trophy fee. Literally all five species at one time which I can't even imagine. I can't imagine going on a hunt where you have that kind of potential or possibility, but wow. So if, if anybody's interested, buy your tickets. If you don't win it, you can buy it. So, or if, if you want, you were to buy that trip during the auction Saturday and then win that trip at the raffle that night, um, you know what, Dylan and I will, f- we will fly up there and do yeah. a live podcast from the camp for anybody. That, that, that'd, that... Be... Yeah, that'd be awesome. Wouldn't that be exciting? <laughs> that would be cool. So pretty, pretty exciting opportunities. And once again, I have to have to throw some thanks out because what we, what we get to do um, at convention and and even now on off convention years, uh, because we're outfitter partners, is is just it allows us to go jump in on projects all over the place that that have a lasting effect for not only wildlife populations but for bow hunting opportunities. We just partnered up with the Wild Sheep Foundation. We're doing some studies in in the Pacific Northwest on some disease research that could affect basically sheep and ungulate populations all over the country. So pretty excited about the partnership there and, and what that could mean for wildlife populations all across North America. Now that that I didn't realize your partnership with them. And that, that is a great thing. We just had some sheep surveys done in our lodge. Sheep are certainly fragile um, in in a lot of parts of Alaska. So another reason to get in on this hunt sooner than later, um, you know, your, your thing about conservation just brings me to a point. I'm going to plug ourselves a little bit. We just launched a new website with a, um, a membership portal where you can actually become a member of um, Rainy Pass Lodge's special website with a monthly um, exclusive on there, but it also gives you, an opportunity um, through your membership. We're going to draw a name each year for $10,000 credit to any hunt or trip at Rainy Pass Lodge. But my point is that 10% of that money from this membership um, website is going to go to conservation and 10% will go to, um, you know, charities of of our choice. And we'll post those charities um, on there. We've got that youth camp as well as Pope and Young and, and others that we do. So um, to plug ourselves so that they can, again, be given more back to conservation and all, they might want to check out that new website portal. Absolutely. I'll be checking it out. Now, yeah, it's a $10,000 drawing to any trip we do. It's a great opportunity to 
to add to it and, and we'll draw that in December. So anybody that wins this trip or, or, um, buys a trip at auction, um, you know, it's a good way to get in on another $10,000 off. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I was looking at it and, and I was thinking about just buy it cause I can't put in for the actual raffle because I, I work at Pope and Young. So I was like, oh, I'll just go buy the trip. But apparently Pope and Young does not take IOUs. But they do take cash, check, or any major credit card. So <coughs> um, Sorry about that. now Steve Steve, you've hunted all over the place. You've done quite a bit and uh have had some if you had to say what is guiding up there in what is truly the frontier what is a, a story like have, have you had some if you had to just pick one story that was just like you know that was just a, a surreal experience or just something that was out of the ordinary what would you have to pick wow um you know that's a tough one i would say probably and it wasn't at rainy pass lodge because we operate on kodiak island and have since 1981 um for big bears and and some goat some deer but all my hunting experience with bears had been with a rifle um you know or occasionally a pistol and mostly with a rifle up until i had a client from new hampshire that contacted me knew me in high school and said he wanted to come to Alaska and do a Kodiak bear hunt with a bow and arrow. And I thought, well, that's a pretty tall order. You know, he's a big bears. And, and this is the guy who'd only shot white-tailed deer in New Hampshire before. <laughs> and he came on that trip and, um, I was meeting with him. You know, I went to school with his sister from second grade on and, and didn't know him very well, but I was meeting with him and I started telling him about future hunts. And, and after his hunt, he told me, he said, I'm sitting there thinking, no, you don't understand. This is a once in a lifetime trip for me. And then he thought, man, I better play along. Maybe it'll get me a better hunt. If this guy thinks I might be coming back someday for going to rainy pass. And of course, fast forward, he's been hunting with us. I don't know, five or six times after that, he actually, um, got his Alaska guide license and helped out on a couple moose hunts. But I, I go back to his bear hunt on Kodiak. And we ended up at 21 yards from a 10 foot bear with a bow and arrow. And he arrowed this bear. And unfortunately, his shot was just a little bit back, which was a killing shot. But he made the decision that he didn't want to lose the bear, um, which I give him credit for. And we had. I call it a mistake. I made a mistake of putting a rifle in front of him um, just in case. And I had a guy filming the whole thing who was a guide. So that guy put the rifle in front of the hunter and the hunter said, you know, shoot, I shot too far back. And I didn't shoot because there was 200 yards of wide open country. And I figured, you know what? This bear's got a chance still that he could die. And the, the hunter picked up the rifle and shot. Anyway, long story short, um, he wouldn't let me open the bear because he didn't want to know exactly where the placement was. And this bear missed the world record by three sixteenths of an inch if we hadn't put a bullet in it wow. in a record book. That was the closest, you know, not being on a wounded bear in the brush, you know, 
on type of thing. That was the closest live animal big bear that I'd ever stalked with a bow and arrow at 21 yards um, at the time. And I'll just, I'll never forget it because it was monumental. Bow hunters are used to getting very close to their prey. And it really opened up, you know, my appreciation for what these guys that have hunted all North American species and other continents with a bow. Um, but I never forgot that. And since then I've had, you know, had a bear taken at 17 yards, had a bear taken at eight yards out of a, a brown bear out of a stand, I had goats taken at 17 yards and other critters. But that being the first one, I've never forgot. I remember it. I remember the hair on the back of my head going up and that bear <laughs> turned the corner um, That's at that distance. That's crazy. I was, you know, if you had asked me 10 years ago before I came to PNY, if I would have ever wanted to chase brown bears with a bow, it would have been an emphatic, no, thank you. Because it just wasn't something that I had, you know, thought about. And then you're around these guys. You know, I, I was at a table. Yeah, I was at Omaha. And so I was sitting there and I think several of the people at that table put their trips off to go spring bear hunting to come to convention that year. And I remember sitting there, I think it was, I know Alan Bowen was there. He was leaving literally to go bear hunting. Brendan Burns from Kuyu, he was on his way to a bear hunt. Don, Don Trump Jr. was on his way to a bear hunt. And I was looking at that and I'm just like, wow. And some of these guys were, were going, you know, Alan, he was going, he's like, I'm not shooting with anything with, but a bow. Same thing with Brendan. He's just, I mean, it, it really opens your mind up to, to what could be. And now I've got to say, I still don't know. I mean, that's close. 20 yards from a creature that big is close. It, it is. It gets your attention. And that's an animal that can outrun a horse in a short race. So, um, you realize, uh, you know, what, what you're doing there is, um, it's all crucial and yet it's, it's super exciting. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, if, if you've ever been close to anything big and you think your rifle's not big enough and then you start looking at your bow, you're like, Hmm, but I mean, kudos to the, to the hunters and the guides that are, that are out there getting it done because every year you see it and it's impressive. No, that that's for sure. Well, yeah. you mentioned you got Pete Perella in your, um, in your sweepstakes again this year, you know, Pete's a great guy. I'm also operating with, um, you know, the, the big brown bear as well. Um, yeah. I'm just amazed at the lineup, you know, that you've got. Like you said earlier, it's going to be a, a tough choice on this sweepstakes. And yet they can come to convention and meet all those folks and, uh, and book those hunts as well. Yeah. I think as of right now, I think everybody, I mean, things could change, especially, you know, in, in today's day and age, you know, years ago, we didn't realize how good we had it. And COVID has taught us that nothing's for sure. But um, as of right now, uh, I believe all of our of our outfitters for that raffle are going to be at convention with booths. So um, come in, buy some tickets buy some hunts. Um, we're also, we've, we've done a couple of giveaways where if you buy your convention packs during our, 
uh, special special run. You get some some big bucks to, that can be used to book hunts too. So um, it, we're looking forward to a, a very good convention, and uh, I, I, just, I can't yeah, wait. Well, it's just a, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut over you. We are as well. It's just a great chance to get back and see all your friends from the hunting world gathered in one location and excited about their industry. Yeah. So, you know, Steve, one other question is when you find yourself out, whether you're chasing brown bears or, or doll sheep or whatever you find yourself chasing up there, um, what is one item, kind of a non-traditional item that you take with you on every hunt? Wow. Um, that's, that's a tough one. Um, I mean, I've got my standard stuff. My backpack's always, always packed and ready to go. And, um, you know, we train all of our own guides and I, I had some neat moments when my kids were out on their earlier hunts guiding and, you know, remembering them getting, you know, somebody cut themselves bad and they immediately went right to their pack in the top right pouch is my, you know, uh, butterfly band-aids. And, and I think back to that and I said, how did you do that? He said, dad, I just watched what you packed and, and how you did it and, and paper towels and, and why, why you did it. And so that's where I put my stuff. And I think that's been kind of a key factor for us is that we train all our own guides. So they do it the way, you know, our clients and, and we like done. So there's probably a bunch of little things in that pack, but they're duplicated with our, you know, with our team. And I say our team, I don't like to think of folks as our staff as much as we've just put a real good team together. Did I lose you? Gotcha. Yeah, no, that's it. So kind of just having the, so first aid kit, I think that's the first time. I think everybody should have that, but that might be the first time it's come up. Have we had that one before, Dylan? I don't believe so. Okay. You know, it's like anything. If you got it, you won't use it very often, but if you don't have it, you're going to need it. And, you know, my wife was just chiming in. Um, I always tell people my number one piece of equipment is my binoculars and yeah. I can borrow your, you know, my client's rifle if I need to go in after a wounded bear, you know, but man, if I don't have my binoculars, we're not going to see the critters we're looking for. And, um, so good optics are extremely important, but, um, always having that backup of that safety there, you know, everybody's safety is number one. Yeah, no, that's good. That makes sense. And like, that's one of those things that you, you hope you never need, but if you need it, you're glad you have it. You bet. Now, if you had to pick a, a bucket list hunt for you personally, what would it be? You know, I've, I've been fortunate to go on a couple of really good hunts to Africa. Um, and now as I'm moving up in years, there's three things that have kind of been on my, three or four things that have been on my radar. Um, you know, a fellow guide of mine just, we were just talking uh one of the recent shows and um he'd done his elephant a lot of people aren't you know too excited about elephant but i've kind of got excited about it at least in places like botswana where they're 
you know, there's some overabundance. Um, sheep have been a big one for me, and I know that my sheep hunting days are more behind me than they are ahead of me, but that's what keeps you alive and going. And when you look at some of these, you know, guys like Jack Frost and, and um, that they're still out there doing it, it makes you realize you need to just keep staying out there and doing it. Marco Polo's been a huge one for me, and you mentioned the lion hunt. I'll tell you, you know, lion's another one that's going to go away. And yeah. so those three things right now are are pretty high on my what do I want to do next um, big game hunt uh, agenda. I'm I am going to uh, going on some different big game in Argentina this year. Um, right after convention, in fact, I leave the day after convention for Argentina with a couple of other guys and. And, um, but that's nowhere near the radar that, uh, either elephant lion or Marco Polo, or even the, the bighorn, um, desert bighorns, one of my, my go-to, you know, there's so many good things to do out there and it's like anything. You just got to keep green building and, and pulling the trigger or yeah, and- releasing the arrow, as we say at Pope and Young. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, you know, you mentioned it earlier is, is it's, it seems like I, I know for me, and I'm sure a lot of other people. If uh, if next year ever gets here, it's going to be the epic year of like hunting 329 days out of 365. Because <laughs> I think so many people are like, "Oh, I'm going to next year. I'm going to do that. Next year, I'm going to do that. Next year, I'm going to do that." Well, pretty soon you've got 22 years of next year stacked up, and um, you know, there's there's some folks that that aren't going to get next year. So now is the time. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think everybody needs to go to convention with the idea that they're not going to leave there without having booked something. I mean, because you're right next year disappears quickly and then it's next year and it's next year. And, and we see folks like that every year at, at convention and um, you know, it's on their dream list. Well, you know, we don't know when our number's up. So uh, every year Denise and I go to convention, we kind of pick, hey, what are we looking to book this year? Um, and, you know, you just got to do it because the money's going to go somewhere anyway throughout the year. And I'd I'd yeah. rather be saying, gee, we really wanted to put that, you know, fire pit in the backyard. But you know what? I'm sure glad I went to Alaska hunting instead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, I wish I could get the- my wife to think like that. That would be nice. <laughs> that would be awfully nice i'll put a plug in for you dylan <laughs> yeah. i appreciate it i appreciate it it's, <laughs> that's uh yeah it's one of those things and, and you mentioned it earlier with the guy who who came up and he says man this is a once in a lifetime thing it's the only time i'll ever get to do it and now he's been up there several times it's i think you have that when you look at these these big trips you have that. You're like, oh, this will be the only time I get to do it. But it becomes so special that you find a way to do it again. Your priorities change, too, when you do that. You realize that when you're out in nature and on one of these big hunts, and, you know, I, I want to also let you know that we have a lot more guys bringing their wives to our lodge because the accommodations and the comforts there when you can share that opportunity with each other, instead of, you know, sitting at home texting or, you know, being involved in the everyday day to day stuff, that little two weeks out of your life really cements 
you know, relationships and your perspective on everything else you do uh, makes you a better worker when you get home, makes you a better husband, a better dad, you know, a better mom. And um, I think, and I know it certainly has always, you know, stayed with us when we go on any trip like that, that we just come back better. So that's the stance I take. If you let me hunt in Alaska, I'll be a better husband. <laughs> there you go. And I a better mom. You, Dylan, I will guarantee your wife, if she lets you come to come to Alaska hunting, you're going to go home a better husband. All right. I'm going to tell her. You, you heard it here first. You know, I can give her some of references this, you do, of guys do do that have gone counseling? home and... I could get. I can give you references that their wives have called us and said, "Hey, my husband can come back anytime he wants to because he's a different man now." And I promise you, we've heard that. Yeah. So, if you're tired of throwing money away on a counselor, here is the best way yeah. to become that husband <laughs> or wife or father or mom that you want to be. You just book a hunt. With... We won't charge you the counseling fee. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, well, Steve, I know you, uh, you, you went way out of your way today to, to join us on the podcast. We appreciate that. And, uh, we wish you well on your travels. We cannot wait to see you in Reno. It is going to be one heck of a party and a great time. And we're working it every day. I, I can assure you this entire staff is working tirelessly to make this convention special. So couldn't do it without, without our partners. We, we appreciate you and, and can't wait to see you there. Thanks for all you do at Pope and Young. We appreciate you guys. Thanks, Denise. Well, you guys travel you guys safe. safe. You do you as well. Stay safe and we'll see you here in a couple short months. All right. Sounds good. Thanks so much. Thanks, Dylan. Thanks, Jason. Give our best to Heather.